Hello, and welcome to Trauma 101. I am Dr. Dennis Huffington, the founder and executive director of Care Classroom and the creator of Trauma 101. I hope that you find the information provided to be helpful, impactful, and empowering for you. The study of trauma has evolved from the field of mental health to include the study of the impact of trauma on childhood development and the effects of trauma on learning. Research indicates traumatic stress impedes brain development and learning and causes children to behave in response to the impact of the trauma. In the classroom, the response to trauma affects executive functioning, the ability to process information, communicate, and respond to stimuli. Becoming trauma-informed is a process that impacts an educator's approach. There are many models and frameworks that can be used for a trauma-informed or sensitive approach to education with common themes, elements, and core principles. Teachers who work with traumatized students are often susceptible to taking on the trauma of their students. They may even find themselves re-traumatized by some of their own experiences due to their connection with the traumatized student. Educators must be prepared to develop a trauma-informed lens and learn self-care strategies to monitor their own emotional responses. Education is categorized as a helping profession and subsequently puts educators in direct contact with individuals who have experienced trauma or are vulnerable to trauma. Helping professions respond to individual, community, national, or international crises. Helping professions include but are not limited to healthcare professionals, social service workers, teachers, attorneys, police officers, firefighters, clergy, airline and other transportation staff, disaster site cleanup crews, and others who offer assistance at the time of a traumatic event or later. Professionals in the helping professions are exposed to traumatic stressors through their work and may develop negative symptoms similar to symptoms of the individuals who actually experience the trauma. The incidence is considered to be low, however the outcomes of incidents are detrimental. Negative outcomes of working in a helping profession include alcohol and substance abuse, depression and burnout. The positive outcomes of helping professions include acting out altruism and the positive feelings associated with doing good or committing selfless acts. Borntrager studied secondary traumatic stress in schools using the secondary traumatic stress scale, the professional quality of life scale, and two other unpublished measures. The research found 50% of the school personnel showed signs of primary and secondary trauma. The study recommended educators have access to self-care and trauma management systems.
Shepherds found teachers experienced secondary traumatic stress on a normal curve, indicating that a large number of teachers experienced moderate levels of secondary traumatic stress. The normal curve distribution indicated some teachers experienced high levels of secondary traumatic stress, while others experienced low levels. Professional quality of life refers to the negative and positive aspects associated with working in a helping profession. The positive aspects are described as compassion satisfaction. The negative aspects are described with the term compassion fatigue. The professional quality of life scale was developed to measure professional quality of life using four subscales. The scale can be used to measure secondary traumatic stress or vicarious trauma experienced by those working with populations affected by trauma. The scale measures primary trauma caused by work-related trauma, compassion satisfaction, burnout, and secondary traumatic stress. The negative effects of trauma on learning has been revealed in studies on the brain and childhood development. Research has indicated while trauma impacts learning, learning is also impactful on trauma. The negative impact of trauma can be counteracted with the positive impact of learning. Schools and teachers play a critical role in the development of children and can provide an environment and experiences that can effectively counteract the negative impact of trauma. Due to the amount of time students spend at school, a school is capable of providing numerous opportunities for students to develop socially, emotionally, and psychologically. Trauma is ultimately a mental health issue, but visiting a mental health clinic or medical office for treatment carries a stigma not associated with a school. The National Association of School Psychologists recommended a shift in policy and practice to create trauma-sensitive schools. The organization recommended prioritization of efforts to create a safe and supportive environment, integrating social-emotional learning into curriculum, changing discipline procedures to include restorative justice, and providing ongoing professional development related to toxic stress, adversity, and trauma. School-wide approaches to trauma, trauma-informed and sensitive approaches are integrated into the entire school culture and environment. Trauma-sensitive schools create opportunities to nurture students in the classroom, hallways, playground, and the cafeteria. Research shows that provided with the proper interventions and a trauma-sensitive environment, symptoms of trauma can become less severe. There are many models and frameworks for creating a trauma-informed or trauma-sensitive school, and there is no one-size-fits-all model. The terms trauma-informed and trauma-sensitive are used interchangeably, indicating the lack of a uniform model. The research on trauma-informed or trauma-sensitive schools is found in multiple models and frameworks that have been created and researched. The following slides detail prominent models sharing common tenets and core principles.
multiple models of trauma-informed care and trauma-responsive schools share tenets of Herman's model of recovery and treatment. In trauma and recovery, Herman developed three stages of recovery. The goal of the first stage is to create safety. In this stage, a survivor of trauma needs to create a safe environment, which can refer to the survivor's physical body. This may include creating self-care plans and completing activities that foster a sense of security within the survivor and his or her surroundings. Stage one may require the survivor to make difficult choices and changes. The second stage is remembrance and mourning. In stage two, the survivor tells the story of the trauma completely and in entirety. The choice to confront the past is left up to the survivor, but can empower the survivor. Herman asserted in this stage, one is subjected to the restorative power of truth-telling. In the final stage of Herman's model, the patient reconnects with ordinary life. Much of the issues presented in the first stage are revisited in the final stage. The survivor must ensure his or her safety and self-care, but with the goal of reconnecting with the world. During the third stage, the survivor is encouraged to begin to reconnect with others. In the third stage, the survivor may find resolution in presenting his or her trauma to the outside world through social action or expression. The Supportive Trauma Interventions for Educators STRIVE framework is a trauma-sensitive education approach intended to be fused into a school's existing curriculum. The STRIVE framework includes seven foundational principles of trauma-sensitive schools. Mindset change, social justice, building a sense of community, social and emotional connectedness, knowledge of prevalence and impact of trauma, building capacity of educators and caregivers, and empowerment and resiliency. STRIVE was developed around five core components, attachment, safety, trust, power and control, and reflective practice. Attachment refers to building relationships with caregivers. Healthy attachment to caregivers, such as teachers, restores a sense of safety affected by the exposure to trauma. Resiliency is the ability to adapt and respond to adversity. Resiliency develops when a child feels safe and loved. It may be missing in a child exposed to trauma. Resiliency develops through the development of nurturing relationships. The final component, reflective practice, is developed in educators through coaching and professional development, which provides the knowledge base and capacity for creating trauma-informed decisions in the classroom and school. Washington State Office of the Superintendent of Public Instruction's Compassionate Schools Initiative partnered with Western Washington University to develop a handbook for teaching students impacted by trauma. The handbook indicates teachers should always empower, never disempower, when engaging with students. Teachers should never battle for power with students, 
disciplined students in a consistent and respectful manner. Secondly, educators should provide unconditional positive regard. The third principle is to maintain high expectations for a traumatized student consistent with his or her peers. The fourth principle is to check assumptions and check directly with a student by asking questions. The fifth principle is to coach students in developing social skills and fostering relationships. The sixth principle is to model and provide opportunities for the student to participate in situations where they are helpful. In addition to the six principles that guide teacher interaction, the Washington Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction lists 10 principles of a compassionate school. Focus on culture and climate in the school and community. Train and support all staff regarding trauma and learning. Encourage and sustain open and regular communication for all. Develop a strengths-based approach in working with students and peers. Ensure discipline policies are both compassionate and effective. Restorative practices. In addition to the six principles that guide teacher interaction, the Washington Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction lists 10 principles of a compassionate school. Weave compassionate strategies into school improvement planning, Provide tiered support for all students based on what they need. Create flexible accommodations for diverse learners. Provide access, voice, and ownership for staff, students, and community. Use data to identify vulnerable students and determine outcomes and strategies for continuous improvement. The Washington Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction acknowledges that the Washington Compassionate Schools Initiative is not a program, but a focus on the approaches that schools can consider becoming trauma-informed. The Washington Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction acknowledges the various trauma-informed frameworks, approaches, and models that can be implemented and encourages each school to develop its own trauma-informed personality. training module for building trauma-sensitive schools, the National Center for Safe and Supportive Learning Environments, a center funded by the United States Department of Education, identified the following core principles for trauma-sensitive schools. A. Has staff who understand trauma and its impact. B. Believe that healing happens in relationships. C. Ensure emotional and physical safety for all. D. View students holistically. E, support choice, control, and empowerment for students, staff, and families. F, strive for cultural competence. And G, use a collaborative approach. In addition to the core principles, the center identifies a trauma-sensitive school as one grounded in the understanding of trauma, and its impact and designed to promote resilience for all.
Cole developed a six-point framework for schools to use referred to as the flexible framework. According to Cole, the framework's flexibility is in the application of the key elements to any school. The flexible framework outlines the role of leadership, professional development, services, strategies, policies, and family engagement. The flexible framework calls for ongoing collaboration among leaders, stakeholders, and administrators to create school policies and procedures. The key elements of the flexible framework include an infrastructure and culture that intertwines trauma-sensitive approaches into the school environment, staff training that focuses on teaching staff to build relationships with traumatized children, and methods for teaching traumatized children how to regulate their emotions. The flexible framework outlines the role of mental health professionals and how they can provide assistance to schools. Cole outlined academic and non-academic methods, including multiple ways of presenting information and techniques for providing behavioral supports. The National Child Traumatic Stress Network, funded by the Center for Mental Health Services and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, provides the following as essential elements of a trauma-informed school system. One, identifying and assessing traumatic stress. Two, addressing and treating traumatic stress. Three, teaching trauma education and awareness. Four, having partnerships with students and families. Five, creating a trauma-informed learning environment, social-emotional skills, and wellness. National Child Traumatic Stress Network, funded by the Center for Mental Health Services and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, provides the following as essential elements of a trauma-informed school system. Six, being culturally responsive. Seven, integrating emergency management and crisis response. Eight, understanding and addressing staff self-care and secondary traumatic stress. Nine, evaluating and revising school discipline policies and practices. 10. Collaborating across systems and establishing community partnerships. The National Child Traumatic Stress Network also identifies four R's of any trauma-informed school. Realize, recognize, respond, and resist. According to the four R's, a trauma-informed system must realize the widespread impact of trauma and pathways to recovery, recognize both the widespread effects of trauma and the many pathways to recovery, respond with a trauma-informed approach that's integrated into every aspect of the system in which you're working, and resist re-traumatization by reducing the likelihood of triggers. The National Child Traumatic Stress Network acknowledges the complexities of schools and presents their framework as a guide for becoming trauma-informed. The sanctuary model is based on trauma theory but is applicable to any organization that serves children and adults who have been subjected to trauma. 
The sanctuary model refers to its elements as characteristics and has been identified as an effective approach in treatment centers, public and private schools, and other human service organizations. The sanctuary model seeks to create organizational cultures with seven characteristics, a culture of nonviolence, a culture of emotional intelligence, a culture of social learning, a culture of shared governance, a culture of open communication, a culture of social responsibility, and a culture of growth and change. Like most trauma-informed frameworks and models, the sanctuary model is a collaborative structure. The sanctuary model's collaborative approach is described as a democratic, therapeutic community. The sanctuary model incorporates a method of categorizing traumas known as self, safety, emotions, loss, and future. To categorize traumatic disruptions in one's life, according to the sanctuary model, any problem that occurs can be categorized into one of the four categories of self. Using the self method is the first step in managing trauma, according to the sanctuary model. The Missouri model for trauma-informed schools outlines stages to becoming a trauma-informed school as well as principles of trauma-informed care. The first stage of the four stages of the Missouri model is focused on trauma awareness among staff. The second stage in this model is the trauma-sensitive stage, where schools begin to explore the principles of trauma-informed care. The third stage is when a school becomes trauma-responsive, integrating trauma-informed approaches. The fourth and final stage is when a school is considered trauma-informed, utilizing data to measure the results of the trauma-informed approaches. The principles identified in the Missouri model are safety, trustworthiness, choice, collaboration, and empowerment. According to the Missouri model, becoming trauma-informed is a continuous process that looks different in each school. The Missouri model provides examples of what Missouri schools have done to become trauma-informed, such as universal trauma training, community building practices, prioritizing staff needs, changing discipline, creating space to regulate emotions, and connecting with the community. Thank you for tuning in to the Trauma 101 podcast. Be sure to check out all eight modules and visit www.careclassroom.org to access all Trauma 101 modules, assessments, more information, and much more. Thank you.